What's up? How we doing? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Carter 99 A49ers podcast. Um, I am super, super pumped for this episode. Um, like, subscribe, comment, follow me on Twitter, Brian Carter PN or Brian PNW99. Um, all that good stuff. Um, anyways, though, um, very excited for this. Very, very, very excited because in this episode, we're not really going to be talking about any specific prospect uh, in terms of the draft because there's like 500 of them. Uh, you know, maybe you can narrow it down to 200, but there's a lot of draft prospects. And uh, the Niners are, they're going to be drafting a couple guys here in uh, about two and a half months. So very, very excited to get into this process and start looking at prospects and who's going to be a good fit and where might they be available and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, to be fair, you're probably sitting here listening and saying, hey, who the hell's this guy who's going to be trying to tell me about draft prospects? And you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what do I know? I'm just some dude sitting in front of a laptop with his microphone yelling into your ears. And, uh, you know, I'm not an NFL GM. I'm just a... Uh, a fan who is, uh, I guess you could say, uh, a super fan who uh, loves the team so much that they actually dedicate hours and hours and hours of their life uh, weekly to doing podcasts and researching football stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm a super fan and it excites me. Um, this is going to be my second year actually doing draft analysis and uh, studying prospects. Last year was the first year that I actually kind of really dove in and like studied film and whatnot versus just your normal, you know, kind of like, hey, I heard about this one guy. Uh, last year was my first year really looking in. Now, I will say that I think I can pat myself on the back for two guys that the Niners drafted. Um, they drafted them where I wanted to. And they turned out to be pretty much what I expected them to be. So I will, I'm going to pat myself on the back on those two players. So who are those two players? So the first one is Elijah Mitchell. I remember before the draft, I was thinking, hey, you know what? We need to find a day three running back, like fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, something in that general vicinity. And uh, I actually took the time to look through um, a bunch of different running backs. Who's going to be available and, you know, going through different draft guides and looking at mock drafts. And I remember this, uh, this name just kept showing up as a, you know, being available in round five. And there was a lot of different running backs that, you know, are available in those kind of that range. And I remember watching different ones and then seeing this uh, Elijah Mitchell kid and being like, you know what? I think there's something here. I think there's something here. It says 4-3 speed on the draft guide, but I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm watching him and I'm just like, 
this kid's a perfect fit. Like he runs an outside zone system. He runs hard. He's not super jittery or elusive, but he just kind of like weaves through guys and gets chunk yardage. And I think if the Niners spend a day three pick on him, he's going to be a perfect scheme fit and he's going to be successful. And I remember thinking that like probably two, I want to say two weeks before the draft, two or three weeks, I'd kind of picked him out as one of my guys. Um, I remember also liking other running backs, but uh, for the sake of this, like I, I legitimately was like Elijah Mitchell draft him fifth, sixth, seventh round. And you're going to have a guy who can contribute. And what happened? Elijah Mitchell came in this year and he was a stud. He rattled off uh, over 900 rushing yards as a rookie, set the 49ers rookie rushing yard record. Try saying that fast. So, yeah, I I feel like I nailed that draft pick. They drafted him at the spot that I thought he would be a good value at. And he ended up being a quality contributor in this system. So pat on the back to me. The other guy uh, out of this draft that I think I I think I scouted correctly was Ambry Thomas. So I remember thinking like, hmm, Niners really need a corner. And as much as I'd like for them to get a corner in the second round, and I did, um, you know, it is what it is. We didn't go that way. And I remember uh, one of the things I like to do is I like looking through the draft and thinking like, who is the best fit at different times in the draft? So that's one thing that we'll be talking about a lot moving forward. You know, we we don't have a first round pick, but we've got a second round pick. We've got a late third and we have a compensatory third. And we're probably going to pick up another day two pick for Jimmy, which means we're likely to have four picks in rounds two and three. So there's a lot of quality options available in that range. That's actually a lot of draft capital when you think about it. The, the fact that we might be going into this draft, everything that we gave up for Trey, and we might have four day two picks. That's awesome. Um, but at each, each round of the draft, I try and find guys that I think will be available that's going to be a good scheme fit for what we want. And I remember thinking, you know, if we don't go, if we don't go with a corner early, there is a guy that I like in the third or fourth round. And I don't necessarily like him as a starter. Uh, What I did like was I liked his film and what he was good at. And I liked his measurables. Uh, I also liked the school that he went to. So Uh, Amory Thomas. Basically, I remember scouting this guy and thinking, you know what? Um, It seems like if the Niners don't go with somebody starting, I could see them wanting to develop a high traits guy. And I remember looking through and be like, hmm, here is a kid who ran a sub 4-4. He's roughly six foot tall with long arms. I think he has like 32 or 33 inch long arms. So he's got the length to play on the outside He's got the speed to um, he's got the speed to be able to hold up on the outside against speed guys. So he's got the length and he's got the speed. All right, well, how does he play? Well, he only played one year of college, but the one year of college that he played, he was really good. He primarily he primarily played though at Michigan, which 
Michigan big program. Um, that's another thing you kind of look for is what, what's the level of competition? Well, he was going up against good players because Michigan competes at a high level regularly. So he's going up against high level players. He's got the length that you want from an outside corner. He's got the speed that you want from an outside corner. Um, he can play press man, which is primarily what he played was a lot of press man. And I liked a lot of what he did. He wasn't perfect. Um, and there were definitely some things where I was like, you know what? He's going to need to work on some things. He's only played a year of college. Uh, he didn't play at all, uh, the year before the draft because of COVID. And, uh, he was, I think he was considered high risk cause he had a uh, colitis, uh, and lost like 20 pounds the year before he played. So he spent like weeks in the hospital for colitis and then came out of the hospital, then played a year in college, played at a high level. And then COVID happened and he was like, I'm not doing it this year. So, you know, you can kind of see like traitsy guy looks good, got what you want, but not quite there. And my thought process was you're taking a bet on a guy with all the traits you want on the outside for an outside corner but he's probably going to need to red shirt for a year. And then he can probably develop into a starter by year two. And what did we see from Ambry Thomas? Ambry Thomas, he, we drafted him. He didn't look comfortable in our system because he, he played primarily press man at Michigan. Uh, and he didn't play very much off zone and we were playing a, a good amount of off zone coverage. So he had to learn how to do that. That's why he didn't look so comfortable. But again, you know, you're, you're betting on the development, you're betting on the traits, you're betting on the person in this situation. And he didn't play at all for like the, the first like half of the season. We didn't see him at all. And we, we're like throwing spaghetti at the wall with corners. It's like, well, shit, Veretta's down. So, you know, like, let's throw Josh Norman out there. All right. Well, Josh Norman is trash. Let's throw Drake Kirkpatrick out there. All right. Well, wow. Drake Kirkpatrick is even worse. Let's cut him. Uh, can, uh, can Demo play? Well, he can play for about two games, but then we don't really trust Demo that much because he's a fifth round rookie. And uh, eventually... It finally came the time when Ambry was given an opportunity and he struggled in his first game a lot. Remember, he went up against the Bengals and I remember thinking like, that's pretty tough matchup for your first uh, first game as a rookie is, hey, you got to go up against uh, Jamar Chase, you know, the a top five pick in the draft wide receiver who is who dominated the league. I think he was close to setting close to the rookie record for receiving yards. And he was incredible this year. So cool. First game, got to go up against Jamar chase. Well, he made a couple mistakes. He drew a couple flags. You're going to have to work on those things, but Hey, you know what? Coach it up. Learn. Can you get coached? Can you learn? He did game two. He didn't, uh, I don't think he drew flags, even though he was going up against, uh, again, top five pick Kyle Pitts, basically a six foot six wide receiver, you know, again, good luck. Welcome to the NFL. Um, and he was in this one, he didn't give up. He didn't totally bust his assignments. He didn't draw any flags. Now he did give up a lot of catches, but he was in tight coverage. 
keep moving forward. And he got better and better and better to the point where he was breaking on the balls. He was breaking up passes. He was in tight coverage. Uh, and then he ended up sealing our trip to the playoffs with a game ceiling interception uh, against Stafford. And you could see him develop throughout. So I'm going to take credit for scouting him because I said, if you get this guy and give him a season, he's got the potential to be a starter his second year. And what are we saying right now? Ambry Thomas legit has the potential for a second year to be a starter. Um, we're still going to be looking at corner prospects, but um, that, that at least I feel that gives me just like the tiniest bit of uh, credibility. The fact that uh, I did actually call those two and uh, I was right on those two and I wasn't right on all of them. And there was a lot of players that I wanted the Niners to draft. They didn't draft. Um, and you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, there's, there was a, I, I didn't like a lot of their drafts. I didn't, I didn't understand Aaron Banks. I didn't like that. I didn't understand Trey Sermon. I didn't like that. Um, let's see here. Uh, and then Hafunga, that one surprised me pleasantly surprised. He seems all right. Uh, you know, good special teamer. He tries to make plays. He's just really limited, and uh, let's see here. Who else? Who else? Uh, Jalen Moore. Didn't see that coming, but you know, it's always good to grab a, a depth offensive lineman. And uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I'm trying to remember if there was uh, anyone else that I'm missing. Um, yeah. Anyways, point being though, I feel like I have a little bit of credibility because I did call at least those two specifically. So anyways, getting into this whole process of what we're going to be doing for the draft. So the draft is just like, it's a huge monster of a project for me and I'm very excited. And my intention and my goal in this episode is I want to give you an outline in terms of how I'm going to approach scouting players. Um, because at this point, you know, the Niners, they lost the game. It's been a week and a half and I don't really watch college football. So I pretty much know nothing about all the players who are draft eligible. Cause I didn't pay attention at all. Um, you know, you heard about a couple, like the first round guys, like, you know, here and there, but I was like, well, we don't have a first round pick. So I don't care. So I pretty much know nothing about this draft class. This past week, I've been doing nonstop mock drafts, mock drafts, just to get a general idea about what this draft class looks like and uh, starting to kind of pick through the players and who might be a good fit here and all that kind of stuff. So this is very, very early on in the process. And I think that the whole draft process is going to be uh, – to, to put it very, very, very simply, um, look at a lot of guys, try and figure out which guys might be a good fit, and then study enough game film to actually understand the prospect at a good enough level to make an intelligent, uh, to make an educated, intelligent guess on that draft. So with that being said, who are the primary focus that I'm going to kind of focus on with the draft? Cause there's some things that I'm going to focus on more than others. And there's some that it's just a, 
it'll be easier to scout than others. For example, uh, scouting an offensive lineman and scouting uh, defensive tackles is not nearly as fun as watching wide receiver highlights, <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, there, there's different ways to go about it. So the primary positions that I'm going to be focused on, I think uh, edge, this is a very good defensive end edge class. Um, the, the two kind of the two expected like top picks or at least two of the top five are edge defenders. And there's a lot of edge defenders that I think are going to be going in the first three rounds. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think there's 10 or 12 of them. Uh, maybe more defensive ends that could go in the first three rounds. And we know that this team, this regime, you know, the, the Shanahan and Lynch combination, they like to build through the defensive line. So I would be not, I would not be surprised at all if they drafted an edge defender, um, you know, with one of their higher picks. And I think it would be a smart move because if you can get a good edge defender on a rookie contract opposite of Bosa, that's just going to, they're, they're both going to eat. And we know this team likes to rotate. So I'm always up for having edge depth on a good value contract. And this is a really good draft class to go with edge. And we'll get into what like specifically I look for by position um, in a little bit. Uh, safety is another thing. Now, I don't really know how to scout safeties. Uh, this is something where it's going to be a learning process, but I do believe that safety is a position where similar to edge. Um, I think we need a safety because we've got ward love ward, but he's 30 years old and he's only got a year or two left. I like tart, but he's a free agent. He may or may not be back. Hafanga. I just don't think he moves the needle and just, you know, due to a lack of athleticism, I like him as a, uh, I like him as a depth safety, but I don't think he's a starter. I don't trust him in that level. This is a draft class where I think we could definitely add a quality safety on, you know, in the second, third, fourth round. I think that there's some good safeties in that range. And again, we've got four picks on day two, most likely three so far, maybe four. Another position, corner. Corner is something where, you know, we think we have our starters and there's probably two or three uh, corners on the free agent market that we could get that would be an upgrade for our team. But we need corner depth. And again, Mosley, we've got one more year left on his contract. Ambry is going into his second year. Demo is going into his second year. After that, really don't know what we have. So I do think that it makes sense to add corners. And again, there's, I think there's quality corners at every, on every day of this draft class. I think that there's corners that'll be a good fit for this team um, that can provide some value in play. Maybe they're starters, maybe they're role players, maybe they're just depth, but I do think this is a, a solid corner class. Offensive line. Um, this is still, in my opinion, kind of a big mystery because we don't know what's happening with Lakin. We don't know what's happening with Mac and we don't know what's up with McGlinchey and his rehab because that those are such a mystery. I do think that offensive line, um, 
might be something that we end up drafting. I haven't heard great things about this draft class in terms of um, the offensive lines. It was kind of interesting watching the senior bowl because it was like, wow, this edge class is really good. Or the offensive tackles are really bad. Um, and it might be a combination. I think there's, again, there's, there's going to be diamonds in the rough here or there. I think the tricky thing is I don't think that we're going to be able to get, I don't know if we'll be able to get a starter after day two on the offensive line, at which point day three, you're kind of just looking at projects and I don't have a problem with projects. Um, cause you know, like again, a guy like Ambry. Um, you know, if you were to get like a project offensive tackle, if he's got the right kind of traits that you're looking for, and you just think he might need a year or two to develop nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's, you know, where are you picking them and the value of the draft pick and you know, what the hell's happening with our offensive line? I think we'll have a much better idea by the time that free agency comes and goes, uh, because once that happens, we'll know like, cool, yes, we signed Lakin or no, we didn't. Yes, Alex Mack is staying or no, he's not. Um, as far as McGlinchey goes, really have no idea. I, I still haven't heard anything. I, I just hope it's good. But at the very least, uh, left guard and center, those are two things that we should have a much better idea on um, when free agency happens. Because then we'll know whether or not we're dealing with an entirely new offensive line or we're just trying to shore up one or two spots. And again, we've got three guys that are still on rookie contracts that you can kind of throw in there between tackle and guard. You know, again, we got Banks going into year two, Jalen Moore going into year two, and uh, Colton McKivitz going into year three. So we got three guys there on uh, rookie contracts with two, three years left. We've got Bronskill with, uh, I believe, another year, or he's on a a restricted free agent, so he'd be super cheap. Um, So we've got guys that we can kind of mix and match in in there. I just don't know if any of them are good enough to be an upgrade. Um, There's a couple other positions that I want to look at. Um, Just, again, these aren't probably going to be primary ones, but I do think they're important. Um, I think I might elevate wide receiver uh, and specifically wide receiver three. Um, And there's a specific kind of receiver that I want this team to add. And I want this team to add a deep element uh, to the passing game. Now with Trey Lance, we know he has a huge arm with Trey Lance's huge arm. He can go deep. So we need somebody who can threaten deep, who can stretch the field, open up, open up things over the middle, uh, open up the run game. You know, teams are going to have, they're not going to be able to crowd the box if they know that we can throw over the top. Um, there's different ways to win deep, but I think there's basically like two, I guess you could call them prototypes. And I'm going to probably use that word a good amount because I think that's an easy way to kind of simplify um, the way that certain players play positions. Um, but the way I kind of look at it is uh, if we can get a, a big body guy that can go deep. So basically like, you know, six, one, six, two, six, three fast enough, a guy who can go down, be a big target, uh, you know, either jump balls or catch on the run with like long arms in stride, basically just a, a, a big guy that can get vertical and 
threaten on the outside and threaten deep because they know like, uh Oh, we got to make sure that we guard this guy because otherwise Lance is just going to throw a bomb up to him. He's six foot three and he's just going to moss our corner. So either a big body deep threat or just a pure speed element guy and uh, a speed guy. It's a little bit tricky. I think, uh, I don't think you need to worry too much about the size of a pure speed guy. We've seen guys like Tyreek Hill be very successful um, if they're used the right way. And I do believe that Shanahan is uh, offensively creative enough that he can figure out what ways to threaten with speed, um, even if they're not necessarily the best at like getting off of press coverage, whether that means stacking, you know, having like a stack formation or whatever. Um, or putting a guy in motion. Um, but having somebody that threatens with speed that can, you know, as like a clear out guy or just like threaten deep. And I think you're looking for somebody with four, four flat, uh, speed. It's really hard to get less than that. There's just not that many human beings who run that fast. Um, but I think four, five is probably four, five. I don't think is fast enough. I think you've got to be closer to that four, four flat. Uh, Ayuk and Debo are both four or five flat guys, but they both have great acceleration. Um, Debo has acceleration, speed, and power. Uh, Ayuk has speed, acceleration, and uh, the ability to like cut on a dime and get open. Um, but I think that we need a, a faster guy that can stretch the field. Again, provide a deep threat, clears up, clears up the underneath stuff, opens up the run game. And just makes the offense more fun. So I want to, I will be kind of trying to find a deep threat wide receiver, uh, whether that's a big, tall, go get it guy or a really fast guy. Um, I don't think we need just guys. It's always good to fill out your depth chart with, you know, um, dudes, but those are kind of the two prototypes I'm looking for a deep threat. Uh, tight end too. I'm probably going to look at some tight ends. It's not going to be a big focus, but it's always good to add another blocking tight end. Blocking will be one of the big focuses. Uh, defensive tackle, um, you know, just depth. You always need depth on the defensive line, and we've got a whole bunch of unrestricted free agents on the defensive line. It's always a good idea to add a, add a rotational guy on a rookie contract. You know, you got that contract for four years, so invest in the D-line and a running back. Um, Running back is fun. And again, day three, um, I personally am a big proponent of drafting running backs. If you ask me, Brian, should I draft a running back? I will say yes, 100%. Just don't fucking do it until day three. <laughs> I am all about drafting running backs. Just please not until like, I mean, if there's a guy you really like, fourth round, but I think realistically, uh, you can get a running back in in the fifth round who is a good enough running back, especially in this kind of scheme. Like we don't need to spend a high pick on a running back. If we're spending a day one or day two pick on a running back, I'll be like, what the hell are you doing? That's why I hated the Trey Sermon pick. Um, and he turned out not being that good this year. I really hope he's better next year. Um, but yeah, we'll look at some day three running backs and I'll kind of do the same thing that I did with Elijah Mitchell. Like, hey, who's the guy that I really like that always seems to be hanging around there in the fifth or sixth round that'll fit the scheme that we run? So that's kind of what I'm going to be looking for. 
All right. Those are going to be, yeah, that's basically what I'm looking for with, uh, with this draft class. Will I be looking at other stuff? Maybe a little bit, but I think those are, those are the needs of the team that I think we can address through this draft class. Um, how am I going to be scouting? So as far as resources go, I got to be honest, I'm going to be using a ton of resources. Um, I'll be using different draft guides. So uh, just off the top of my head, obviously the PFF draft guide, uh, Pro Football Note, Pro Football Network. Uh, they have like a big board with a lot of like draft guides, player profiles. Uh, the draft network, same thing, player profiles, big boards, uh, podcasts. So locked on, uh, locked on NFL draft, shout out Crocker. It was awesome meeting you in LA week 18. Um, the draft dudes, the draft Bibles one that I just started wa uh, listening to. Um, I'll be using a lot of mock draft machines. So there's different mock draft machines, whether you're talking again, the PFF draft mock machine, um, the draft network, pro football network, they have draft, uh, mock draft machines. I like using different ones because it gives you an idea about how different scouts and, uh, different organizations view the prospects. Cause somebody might have, you know, one guy as like a second round pick and then a different guy might be like, no way he's a fifth rounder. So just getting different reference points is extremely valuable. Um, so yeah, using different mock drafts machines, I literally go mock draft crazy. I think I've already done like 40 or 50 mock drafts, uh, just within the last week. And a lot of that is just trying to figure out like who's in this draft class. And you know, I, this receiver is here. Cool. Who is he? Is he a fit? Yes. No. What do I like? What do I not like? Etc. Cool. So mock draft machines, um, I will be using, uh, one thing that, uh, you'll hear me try and bring up as much as possible is a uh, competition level. So obviously the players that we're looking at, they're, they're potentially going into the NFL. So they're really, really, really good college players. Um, but how good are they and how good is their competition? You know, if you're dominating at a really, really low school, does that mean that that actually contributes at the next level? So I do really like things like uh, the East-West Shrine game and uh, the Senior Bowl because it allows some of the top prospects from all over the nation, the guys who are legitimate draft prospects who will be, who are likely playing in the NFL to go against each other. And there's a big difference between, you know, a prospect who's, you know, likely a uh, we'll call him a round three pick going up another against going up another potential round three pick than you being a round three prospect going up against some random guy who's going to be working at FedEx in two years because he's not an NFL player. So getting that, I guess you could call equality of competition. Um, I do like things like the East West shrine, senior bowl, things like that, where you can match up competition levels. Um, it also allows uh, drill work film. So one thing I really liked about the Senior Bowl especially was that we got a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, tape. So I'm going to be watching a lot of the one-on-one -on -one drills, especially of uh, wide receivers on corners and defensive line on offensive line, especially because those are things where um, it's – 
it's easier to see whether or not somebody's winning in that uh in that environment you know it's just me and you you're a draft eligible tackle i'm a draft eligible edge rusher which one of us is going to win this rep and just being able to watch that game film um i will also be using um so what else uh youtube youtube is going to be huge um i'll be watching a lot of highlights now the way that i kind of use highlights is i like to watch a game highlight and just think cool this is this guy at his best showing off his best attributes does that translate what it it's enough to get me like, cool, this is what I like. Is there enough here that I like to look further into this? Or does he not really even pop off the screen on his highlights? Um, and if his highlights are that good, well, now it's time to go watch some actual game film. Try and find some all 22. And uh, that's going to be uh, interesting. So by the way, if you have any resources, uh, any connections with like all 22 college film, uh, Please let me know because I'm just, I'm kind of flying blind here and hoping that I can find stuff on YouTube. And it's sometimes really hard to find uh, like game film just on the internet if you don't have connections. Um, but I like highlights because they show you what a player is capable of and how they win. Now, can they win that same way? How consistent are they? And then what are their weak points? Those are things that highlights don't show you. But at least you're getting you're getting a taste of what's possible. Um, I'll also be using so again obviously YouTube highlights, YouTube game film. Uh, those will be huge resources, and uh, also just YouTube film breakdowns, um, and just other film breakdowns. So first off, shout out John Chapman. Uh, can't wait to see you in Vegas at the draft party. That's gonna be dope. I can't wait to meet Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell, and we'll be in Vegas for the draft, so that'll be fun. Um, but I'm sure Chapman is going to have film breakdowns on like all 22 and uh, film breakdowns of prospects. Um, there's another guy that I found, uh, Matt Waldman, uh, Waldman, W-A-L-D-M-A-N. I just remembered about him and I looked today and he's already got like dozens of draft prospects. He has a lot of uh, offensive skill positions. So like wide receivers, he's got a lot of wide receiver film breakdowns. So I'm definitely going to be watching that. I uh, definitely spent like 30 minutes on my lunch break today, watching uh, his film breakdown on a couple prospects. So that was fun. Um, and another resource that I'll be using is just official measurements and official testing. Uh, so things like, you know, um, the first major thing was we finally got official measurements at like the senior bowl, the East West shrine bowl. So, you know, how tall are you really? How heavy are you really? How long are your arms really? How big are your hands really? Uh, cause these things can elevate or lower your potential draft stock and your ability to succeed at the NFL. You know, there's uh, there's certain measurements that are just kind of considered like minimum requirements. Like you don't want to have a offensive tackle who has like 31 inch arms. He just, his arms are not long enough to be able to fend off long edge rushers. He's going to have to kick into guard. And, you know, again, will that translate? These are questions you got to figure out. But, you know, if you find out that this prospect is, so for me, an ideal uh, offensive tackle is somebody who is uh, 6'5 to 6'7 with like 34 inch arms. 
you know, and if they're like well built, they're athletic, they like to run block, and they're okay at pass blocking, I think that's perfect for like this kind of scheme. You know, so there's going to be guys where I'm like, cool, this guy has the physical profile. Um, and then, you know, you can figure things out with official measurements. Uh, I think those are extremely important. And uh, with that being said, again, this is all just an outline. It's going to evolve. It's fluid. Um, not every prospect that not every prospect that I look at is going to have all of this in information. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not going to try and be limited to this. So if there's additional information, then obviously we want to add that in. Now, as far as draft position and uh, like what we want to get out of our picks, here's just kind of the simple way that I see the draft. Any player that's picked in the first round, you expect him to be a, a good starter. Like you expect him to start, you expect him to be good. If you don't expect to get a good a good starter, like a good NFL starter, he shouldn't be a first round pick. Um, also, there's also value, but I'm just saying as far as like player quality on and where you draft them. Uh, day two picks, so this would be round two and three. I think you should get a starter. Uh, they don't necessarily need to be like really good Pro Bowl. Obviously, you always want that from everyone you draft, but you should expect to get a starter out of a day two pick. You draft somebody in the second round, they better be on the in the starting like lineup, you know, by week one. That was one thing that really frustrated the shit out of me with Aaron Banks. We spent a second round pick on a guard who literally was inactive half the season. And it was just because he wasn't good enough to be a backup. And he was never good enough to start. He didn't start one game. He wasn't even active half of the games. He wasn't good enough to be a backup. So that is, in my opinion, a like a terrible use of a pick. Uh, you want your day two picks to be starters. They should be contributing like literally like the, the first snap of the, of the season, they should be contributing. They should be starting contributors. And then day three, day three, you just kind of hope that you get something. Uh, I think that you're looking for a role player or a rotational player or depth. Um, so for example, uh, a rotational player, this could be day three. Uh, maybe you draft like a, an edge defender. He fell and you draft him in like the, the fifth round and you're like, cool. Well, you know what? He's going to get five or 10 or 15 pass rushing snaps a game uh, when, you know, Nick Bosa needs a, needs a breather. So, you know, he's a rotational player or uh, a depth player. You know, you, you pick up your, your number three safety in the, uh, in the fifth round, you know, you, you get a safety and he contributes on some special teams and he, uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's good on special teams and he's, you know, he's like your number, he's your number three safety. Somebody goes down, he can step in and fill in for maybe a little bit. Um, or another, like a role player for me. Um, this is where I'm going to probably look for maybe a limited, but somebody who does a specific job well, so like a slot receiver or a deep threat. Um, so maybe I find a guy where he doesn't do a whole lot of things really good, but damn it, he runs a sub four, four and, uh, we can, you know, we can scheme him open, make him stretch the field, scare the defense and open up Debo and Iuka over the middle. 
You know, you spend a fourth round pick on a, on a receiver and he's fast enough to threaten deep and it stretches everything out with a deep threat. So that'd be like a role playing position. He's not a starter, but he provides some value uh, during the game. So that's kind of what I'm looking for on day three. Now, in general, how am I going to be looking at these prospects and kind of breaking them down? So there's a lot to look at, but in general, um, I want to look at their physical profile. Um, so like, how are they built, uh, size, length, frame, you know, like how tall are they, how, how long are their arms, uh, how thick are they, how strong are they, you know, is this, uh, is, is this a corner who's, you know, 5'10", 200, and he's kind of like a, a short little, uh, like, slot corner, or are we talking, you know, a guy who's uh, 6'1", with long arms, and he's more of an outside corner. So, what's the physical profile of the player? Uh, which brings me to position prototype. Now, position prototype, what I mean by that is that uh, there's a lot of different ways to succeed in the NFL at different positions, but there are kind of uh, like categories or prototypes of styles of players who succeed. So like a slot corner is a prototype of a corner. You know, they're going to be at their best uh, in the slot. Um, a tall physical possession receiver is a prototype. Um, so... I'll give you an example here, just a really easy example of two prospects that uh, we're going to mention at some point. So, um, two entirely different players, Eric Izukamwa, Izukanwa, something like that, and uh, Calvin Austin the third. Eric Izukanwa is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds jacked and just a huge go get it throw the ball downfield he will go get it physical possession type receiver Calvin Austin is 5'7 175 pounds and he is more of like a just shifty explosive little elusive yak machine and, you know, he's he's twitchy, he's fast, he's elusive, and it's way easier to, you know, get, get him in the slot and throw a screen pass to him and let him just, like, create on his own by weaving through there and being super agile and elusive. They win in different ways, but they both provide value. So that's what I mean by position prototype. And I'm going to try and break them down as I go through the, uh, the different positions. Uh, another thing that I'm going to look at is how do they win? What is it that they do that leads them to succeed? So, you know, is this guy, is if it's a defensive end, does he win with power? Does he win with speed? Does he win with hand technique? Uh, is he just, uh, you know, like, how do they win? What is it that they're doing that they are good enough at that has got them to the point where they're a draftable prospect. What are they doing? How are they winning? Uh, the next thing is how often are they winning? Now, this is something that we really have to question whenever we see a highlight video, like cool highlight, bro. 
Um, what did you do the rest of the season? You know, the other 500 snaps or whatever of the season, like awesome sack. What else were you doing? The other 50 plays that game. So how often are they winning? Another thing is competition level. Again, are you playing at some tiny little school where you just dominate everyone or are you at a, you know, program where you are going up against other draft eligible players on a regular basis? What's your competition level? And this doesn't mean that somebody at a lower level can't be successful. It's just something where, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta question it, which brings me to the next thing I'm going to ask is, will it translate to the next level? There's some things that you can do at the college level that just aren't going to work. You know, you might be the fastest guy, um, you know, or the best receiver in your division, but you know, the way that you play just primarily being like a, like, let's say he's primarily like a jump ball kind of contested catch guy. If the way you win is always contested catches, that's not going to work in the NFL because those DBs are way better. They're going to be on you. And if you can't separate, then how the hell are we going to get you the ball? They're just going to hit it out of your hands because they're going to be stuck to you like, like glue, you know? So will it translate to the next level? Um, another thing is what do they struggle with? So we want to find out their weaknesses too. You know, obviously we want to find out what they're good at, but what are they not good at? Um, is that enough of a liability that we don't want to draft them or it'll be an issue with our scheme fit? These are all questions that we have to ask whenever we're looking at a prospect. Um, in general, just what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And with every prospect, I'm going to ask, what do I like? So what do I like about this guy? Like all the positives, give me everything positive. You know, he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He, he wins with his hands. He's got great feet. His agility is off the charts. He's super athletic or, you know, he's, he's just, he's so smart and he understands what he's seeing on the field or he's a leader. Like what's everything that I like about this guy. But then on the other side, we got to come at it and just kind of like poke holes in them at that point. Like, cool. Everything that I like, let's pick it apart. Now, what is every single weakness that they have? And what's every single reason that I can give to why they're not going to succeed at the next level? Because there's some guys where, I mean, how often do we see it? We're like, you know, again, receivers are such an easy example, but you know, you see a guy go out there against some low level like college and he just dominates and puts up like 1500 receiving yards in a season. Um, but then you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's not going to fly in the NFL or, uh, like quarterbacks. Like how often do we see a quarterback? Uh, who is it? Bailey Zapp. Is that his name? Uh, Bailey Zapp threw like 62 touchdowns this season. He went to the senior bowl and everyone was like, yeah, he's probably like the fourth or fifth best guy at the senior bowl. And we don't even have all the prospects here. So, you know, like, uh, it's how good are you? Uh, can we poke some holes in it? You know, like, cool. You're awesome. Now, why are you bad? Uh, cause we gotta, we gotta be honest when we're doing these scouting, uh, these scouting things. Now that's just kind of a general overview again, general overview. Um, now I want to get into some more, uh, position specific things. 
And going into this, here is another reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I'm going to do my best and I want you to hold me accountable to saying, hey, Brian, did you actually go through this entire process with this prospect before you came out and said, I like this guy in this uh, range of round for this reason and this is why he's a good fit? Did you actually go through this process? Um, and it is quite a process. This is why NFL, every team, they have like entire scouting departments and they literally do this like year round and they're studying this and they have 10 times more information than I have and way more access to things that I don't have access to. And it's a huge process, but, uh, I want to be better at, I want to get better at this. Like I just, I legitimately want to get better at scouting. Um, cause I love this and who knows, like maybe five or 10 years down the road, like I somehow end up with some type of like scouting job or, you know, one thing or another, maybe this turns into a career either way. I want to get better at this and I'm trying to take this, this off season, uh, this draft season really seriously. And over the next two and a half months, I want to make sure that I'm going through this process for at least as much as possible. Again, this is a little fluid. There's going to be some that we may or may not know with a lot of different prospects, just whether it's lack of game film, one thing or another, we don't have the information. Um, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys love Madden. I love Madden. I probably play it too much. My girlfriend tells me I should play less. So I try and limit myself to like, you know, just like a couple, couple nights a week. Um, but in Madden franchise mode, you can like focus on like players and you can see like little bits of their traits and cool. He's good at this. He's bad at that. And you might only, you know, get to see like, like 40% of like what their skill set is. And then come draft day, you just gotta, you gotta make a, you gotta make an educated guess based off of the data that you have. And sometimes you just don't have much data. Like some players, you're going to get a really good idea about the prospect. Cause there's a lot of game film. You get all the information there's breakdowns and film and everything. Other guys are just going to be like, yeah, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but, uh, there's, you know, two or three things that I really like, and it's kind of a projection, but, uh, I just got a feeling. So I'm going to do my best though, to go through this process as much as possible, uh, for each prospect. And, uh, I'm sure that as I go through prospects, I'm going to be adding more and more and more and more and more, uh, to give you a, a basic idea at the moment, I have a, uh, I have a file on my computer and it just says 2022 draft prospects. And, uh, it's currently five pages and it's broken down my position. And a lot of them, it's literally just like name school measurables, uh, where it's literally just like a real simple example right here. Um, Mario Goodwich. Uh, Mario Goodrich, Clemson, six foot flat, 185, 35 inch arms, had a good senior bowl, day three prospect, corner. That's all I have. Now, over the next month or two, I'm probably going to watch maybe an hour or two of game film to add probably a paragraph or two to that because I'm going to be adding tons and tons and tons of information about every player that's on here. Um, there's going to be some players that have more information and some that less. And a lot of that is going to be me guessing 
kind of based off of again, like, is it a scheme fit? Does he fit the team and the team needs? Um, but there's, you know, right now I'm literally at the point where like, cool, these are the names and these are their, you know, height, weight, school. <laughs> That's where I'm at with like 90% of guys right now is name, school, height, weight. And, uh, that's it. Um, but now I want to go into some different positions and I'm going to try and go through some of the different things that I'm going to look for when I'm doing my scouting. Um, actually, you know what, before I do, since we're so far in, I am going to go grab myself a drink. So I'm going to pause this. When I come back, we are going to talk about breaking what we look for in different positions on the team. Be right back. All right, and we are back. So, um, and uh, yeah, I uh, I looked in the fridge because I realized like, wow, I'm really thirsty. And I decided to go with a blueberry mint kombucha. So uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm apparently that guy uh, that drinks blueberry mint kombucha uh, that my girlfriend put in the fridge. But you know what? I don't care what you say about me because you're just some guy on the internet and the shit's delicious. Mm. <sighs> Refreshing. I'm sure I'll have like some whiskey here when I'm done recording. <laughs> All right. So, um, corners. So one of the positions I'm going to be doing a lot of looking into is cornerback. Now I'm just going to go through some of these. And again, this is going to be fluid. It's going to evolve. This is just kind of what I've come up with so far. Um, so again, the first thing prototype, uh, what kind of corner is this? How does this corner win? Um, you know, is this like a press zone corner, like a Richard Sherman type, you know, um, we know they're really good in press. They're really good at jamming you. They ride you up. They kind of watch the zone, um, you know, watch the routes develop, all that kind of stuff. Are they press man? So is this one where, you know, you, you put them on a guy, you man him up, and then he's just like, he's physical, he sticks on you. Um, is this a slot? So is this someone that we're going to slick stick in the slot, like a nickel? <laughs> Is this a, or just, is this a general man corner or a general zone corner? So like a man corner, um, one of the top, uh, man corners that, uh, is coming out of this, uh, class who's kind of a pure man corner. And he actually admitted at the senior bowl was Roger McCreary and Roger McCreary. He just, he has the athleticism, the movement skills that he can just stick on guys and he admitted like, yeah, I've never played zone. So it's going to be really weird. Uh, just, they put me man on man. And you know what? One thing that, uh, I think Shanahan and Lynch and D'Amico Ryan's have done is they've definitely evolved in how they decide to use corners. They used to kind of have the philosophy of the old Seattle, you know, cover three, tall, long press zone, six foot one plus uh, long lanky guy who can, you know, cover up a big section of the outside zone. Uh, they don't really do that anymore. Now we have a lot more of a kind of like man zone hybrid where they can, you know, they can play zone, but they can also man up. So, you know, Mosley and Ambry 
they are a lot better man corners um, than they are necessarily press zone. Now they can play press zone, um, but they're better either playing off zone or playing man, if that makes sense. So different scheme. Um, I'm not sure exactly what we'll be looking for. Um, one thing that did always just stick out to me and huge credit to Crocker. Um, just can he cover? <laughs> I remember here then just being like, yeah, can he cover? In fact, I'm adding that right now. Can he cover? Yeah. So, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter how tall you are, how short you are in every instance. Obviously there's, there's a range where I think is ideal. You know, if you have an outside corner, you want them at least to be, you know, like 5'11". Um, but once you're more than like six foot one, six foot two, they might just uh, be a little bit too... The they might be so long that their movements are long and they can't necessarily cover, uh, you know, quick route cuts. So... Yeah, I mean, I would say as an outside corner, I I think we're looking for somebody who's 5'11 to 6'1. You know, that kind of right around six foot uh, range. But yeah, so anyways, first thing, prototypes. Uh, next thing that I put on here, feet and hips. So what are their feet? Do they have heavy feet? Do they have fast feet? Do they have good feet? Um, I really am not like a master when it comes to scouting feet, but this is just something I'm going to try and watch corners, watch their feet and watch their hips. You know, can they flip their hips? Do they have smooth hips where they can transition really well? Do they have good feet where you can see them, you know, like they, they have good foot technique. Um, and, uh, they have quick enough feet that they can, you know, make break on routes or whatever. Um, so they can stick with a guy. Uh, next thing is just size and length slash frame. So what kind of size of, you know, human being are we talking about here? Again, are you talking about a slot corner who's, you know, 5'9", 180? Or are you talking about an outside corner who's 6'1", 6, six, uh, six foot, 6'1", six 200 pounds? Um, you know, because they're, they're going to have different skill sets. They're going to match up differently. And, uh, you know, you're probably not going to put a guy who's 5'9", on the outside. It's just, it's really tough to do when they're going up against guys who have four or five inches on them. Uh, next thing is speed, agility, and change of direction. So those are all different. Um, and I'm going to actually add acceleration. Uh, acceleration. Come on, computer. You're not even going to predict it for me? All right. So speed, acceleration, agility, change of direction, they're all different. So speed, that is like uh, how fast you can go top speed. Um, so, you know, if you get beat over the top, how much makeup speed do you have? Acceleration, how quickly can you come out of that break and catch back up to make a play on that ball? Agility. What is your general like agility and flexibility and, um, you know, you just your movement skills and how agile in you in your are you in your body and change of direction? How quick can you pivot? Uh, how quick can you, you know, turn on a dime or are you somebody who has to make a wide turn before they make up? 
those are things that you need to look at. And we're going to try and study game film. Next thing is ball skills. So ball skills, real simple. I just kind of think of it as this way. Pass breakups, interceptions. Do you get them? I mean, obviously you want to be tight in coverage, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, like that's all good. But ball skills matter. And if you're a kind of guy where you just, you, you break up a lot of passes, you pick off a lot of balls, ball skills matter. And that's one thing that the Niners have really struggled with over the last couple of years is turnovers. So we want to get some, a corner who's got some ball skills who can pick off some, you know, pick off a bad pass. A lot of times it doesn't necessarily even need to be that like you make the most incredible catches. Just don't drop it. If a quarterback throws it at your face, you know, if it hits you in the hands, catch it. If you can't catch it, can you reach in there and hit it out of that guy's hand? So what are your ball skills? And again, can he cover? Um, Another term that I like to use is stickiness. So how sticky are you in man or match coverage? Uh, The Niners play not necessarily a lot of man coverage, but they do play a lot of match coverage. Um, especially, uh, I forget what the term is, but say that you've got three guys in a bunch formation. So like three guys and like just in a little form in a triangle, you're going to have, you know, three or four defenders that are standing over them. Uh, the nickel corner. So like the, the corner on the inside, he's going to take the first guy that breaks to the inside, the, the corner on the outside. He's going to take the first guy that breaks to the outside guy in the middle. He's going to take anyone who uh, takes a vertical route or the first one to take a vertical route. And then from there, they're matching They're They're in man. Uh, but so how sticky are they in like a man coverage where it's just you on your guy? How much are you just, uh, how much are you dick to hip? You know, I'm going to add that in there. <laughs> dick to hip. I forget where I heard that, but I remember that. So are you dick to hip with a guy? (laughs) Uh, Next thing is regarding zone coverage. So reaction and route reading in zone. So how quick are you to react in zone coverage? How good are you at reading routes in zone coverage? Uh, Especially this is going to be something that you'll want to, we'll watch in off zone coverage. Um, How quickly are you to realize like, cool, uh, this route concept, I know that this guy, when he does this and that guy over there does that, that the ball is probably going to be here. So I'm breaking on it as the quarterback is starting his windup and I break up the ball. So that's a really good zone play is uh, that. Uh, the next thing is just breaking on the ball. How quickly can you break on that to make that play? Uh, tackling, because tackling matters, uh, especially on the slot. I think slot tackling is going to be a huge thing that I look at. Um and I'm actually going to put in here slot plus um, just because tackling when you're in the slot, it's extremely huge. Uh, you've got, obviously you've got to cover your guy, but you've got to cover run fits. You've got to, you know, shed blockers. You got to tackle running backs. You got to be able to, you know, go up against like a tight end. You know, if you're a small guy, you can't get manhandled there in the slot outside receivers less so, but you still got to be willing to do your run game. And that's the next thing is run game, uh, block shedding, uh, fits and force. And when I put that in there, it's, you know, how good are you at, you know, getting your run fit or being a force defender on the outside? Because some guys do it. Some guys don't want any part of it. You know, how physical are you as a 
corner. Uh, next thing is just competition level. You know, what level did you do it at? And then attitude. I want to, there's something about having an attitude as a corner. Uh, you got to have, you know, that goldfish memory. Like, uh, I don't remember what happened the last play. I scored a touchdown. You nope, not happening this time. Like just that in that super confident, like just don't remember the last play. Uh, almost like cocky attitude. We're like, bro, you can't get a pass on me. Um, I want to see if that attitude shows up in the game film. So that's corners. And I know this is, by the way, I know this is a very long episode. I do hope that if you are listening through this, I want this to be a resource for you as well as it is to me. And I've got all these notes and stuff. If you DM me on uh, Twitter, uh, send me your email. I'd be glad to email you my notes. Um, but I hope that this is a valuable resource for your scouting because that's what I'm trying to do here is again, I want to be really good at scouting over these next two and a half months. So I hope that the, this serves as a resource for you as well. Uh, and we're not going to go through every position and some will go through faster. Um, but these are the ones that I said I was going to really focus on. So I've got more notes on them. Uh, next is safety. So for the safety position, again, starting off prototype, is this a free safety like a single high? A lot of the times a single high free safety is a little bit smaller, uh, but, you know, they have really good change of direction. They have good acceleration to, you know, like go one way or the other. Good, good in zone. Uh, maybe they'll be a little bit smaller. Excuse me. Uh, or is it a strong safety, a strong safety? Maybe there's somebody who, you know, is typically more of a run defender. They're more like uh, manned up versus tight ends and running backs. And they're not necessarily, they're kind of, you know, more, more of a enforcer type safety, a hybrid safety. So a hybrid to me is somebody who can play both. So they can play free safety. They can play strong safety. Um, they can even man up on guys like they can man up on a slot corner. They can man up uh, in the slot. I would say Jimmy Ward is a hybrid free safety because Jimmy Ward's a really good free safety, but he's also hybrid enough that he can man up guys. He can play in the box. Jimmy Ward, I would consider to be a hybrid free safety. Next is a box safety. There's some safeties where it's like, cool, you just, you want him in the box. You don't really trust him anywhere else, but he's going to be really good in the box. You know, he's maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more of a big hitter. Uh, maybe he's a lot better in the run game. That's kind of where he excels. Um, you can match him up on tight ends. He's really good at shedding blocks, shooting gaps in the run game. Maybe he's a really good blitzer. So that'd be like a box safety. And I also put in here sub linebacker. And I think this is important to think about because as the NFL becomes more of a passing league, you see a lot more teams that are taking some of these bigger, strong safeties, you know, they're 6'2", 6'3", 220 or so pounds and being like, hey, cool, you can just be like a, a really fast, really good at coverage linebacker because we don't have as many linebackers in the NFL that, you know, 250 pounds, like the, the age of the 250 pound linebacker is kind of going away. Um, they're becoming fewer and fewer. So a sub linebacker is a type of safety. And that's also uh, one way that the Niners like to bring in linebackers is they pick up former safeties. I mentioned this last episode, Dre Greenlaw converted strong safety, Fred Warner kind of played a safety linebacker hybrid position. Um, 
Marcel Harris, you know, strong safety converted to linebacker. Um, who is the other one? Um, DFF, Demetrius Flanagan fouls, strong safety converted to linebacker. So that is a prototype that we can look at, not just as like a sub linebacker slash box safety, but also potentially as developing into a linebacker on the team um, because of the coverage skills. So with safety, a lot of similar things, um, you know, feet, hips, uh, size, length, their frame. I think that matters a lot. Again, speed, acceleration, agility, change of direction. Uh, let me draw that down. Acceleration, uh, agility, change of direction, just like the last. Uh, what are their ball skills? You know, do they get past breakups, interceptions? Um, one thing that is... Uh, I think important is how good are they at manning up against uh, like slot receivers, tight ends, running backs. So how good are they in man coverage uh, covering those, especially man versus tight end. The tight end in the NFL is a position where um, if you got a guy to cover one, it's really nice to have because there's a, there's a few just, you don't want to be a team that can get, um, trying to figure out the, uh, the right way to put it. Um, you don't want somebody to find a mismatch that they can pick on. And a lot of the times tight ends are a mismatch because a lot of the times tight ends, they're too big and physical for a corner or a safety, or they're too fast for a linebacker. So having a safety that can legitimately cover a tight end is a huge, huge asset. Um, some more things again, similar to a corner reaction and reading, uh, zones, breaking on the ball. Tackling is a big one. Um, I'm actually going to add something in right now is, uh, navigating traffic, navigating traffic, because how often are you having to like run through traffic? You know, whether that's like scraping, uh, over to, uh, you know, be that force edge defender or just like weaving in between guys to go make that tackle. How good are you navigating traffic, especially in the box? Uh, physicality and hit power in addition to tackling, uh, that can be a big thing. I mean, having a, having a safety that can just like lay the boom, it's, uh, it's a good thing. So how's the physicality? How's the hit power? Uh, how good are they in the run game? Um, how good are they at shedding blocks? And again, you know, the fits and force, you know, are you the, are you fitting your gap? Are you getting your run fit done properly? Uh, or are you playing the force defender? Are you able to contain that edge? And then of course, competition level. And this is another one where I like attitude. I like a little bit of attitude in my safeties. You know, you get chirping a little bit. It's, it's a good thing, you know, especially you lay a big hit on a running back, you know, maybe like make him shake his head a little bit. Like that's what's up. I'm coming at you next play too, man. Just watch. So, uh, yeah, you know, what's, what's their competition level? Who are they going up against and what's their attitude? Um, next one is another one where it's, uh, it's tricky. There's a lot to, uh, a lot to do, a lot to go over, a lot to look at. Uh, and that's edge defender. This is one where we're going to be doing a lot of breakdowns. Um, and I think I've mentioned this before. I'm going to be starting a YouTube, uh, like film breakdowns on uh, these prospects. I'm going to do a lot of edge. Cause again, there's, 
there's uh, probably, I would say realistically, about eight to 10 edge prospects that uh, may be there in day two that we could end up drafting. Uh, this is a very deep edge class in the first three rounds. Uh, there's not a whole lot after that, but there's some good guys. Even like a guy like uh, Boye Mafe um, just like showed up at the senior bowl and he probably went from being, you know, like a fourth or fifth rounder to a second round edge. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, a lot of people are looking at him as a second or third rounder, but he just dominated everyone at the senior bowl. And now it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's like, you know, Maybe he's in the top 20 of the draft. Um, but I mean, that's just a couple guys. There's, there's legitimately like, t I think 10, like I said, like 10 to 15 edge players are going to get drafted in the, uh, in the first hundred picks, in my opinion. So with edge, um, again, starting out prototype. So in general prototype, how are they winning? Uh, is this, you know, a power rusher? Is this a speed rusher? Is this, uh, you know, are they are they a bendy speed rusher who threatens with, uh, you know, just speed and bend around the edge? Or are they just a power rusher where they just crush the edge? Um, are they uh, a technician? You know, are they just really good with their hands? I would say Bosa is the best of all of them. Um you know, what's their body type? Is this, uh, is this like a, a heads up on a tackle? Like a, so there's, uh, the, the whole technique things, you know, there's all the different technique, one tech, three tech, five tech, nine tech, whatever. Uh, is this like a five tech, a seven tech or a nine tech? So a five is going to be basically like, uh, up on the left tackle, up on the right tackle, I think shaded to the outside shoulder. Uh, but just basically like my face, your shoulder. Or is it more of a seven technique where, you know, they're a little bit outside or are they at the best of the nine technique? We're in that wide nine. They're outside of the, they're even outside of like a tight end, you know? So are they, are they going up? A, are they the kind of guy who plays best going, uh, basically, uh, on a tackle out wide of a tackle or out wide, wide? Um, it's a little bit different, you know, is this a defensive end or is it an outside linebacker? So there's a, a, a bit of a difference between what we run, a 4-3 system, meaning four defensive linemen and three linebackers that are typically behind the line of scrimmage as an off-ball linebacker versus a 3-4 defense where you've got three defensive linemen, usually nose, tackle, tackle, and then you've got a couple outside, like two bigger outside linebackers who sometimes rush, sometimes they play the run and they kind of, sometimes they rush, sometimes they don't. We pretty much running our four, three, always have a defensive end. So is this a defensive end or is this an outside linebacker? Um, Nick uh, Bonito, I think is somebody who you could definitely categorize as an outside linebacker. And I don't think he's a good fit in our system, even though he's probably, um, I think a lot of people are looking at him as potentially like a top 50 pick. He's a really, 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 really good uh, edge rusher, but his size and the scheme that he is best in, his best scheme fit just isn't our best scheme fit. We're looking more for a defensive end. I think we're looking for somebody who's uh, like 6'4 to 6'6", six, six, uh, 250 to 270 range, I think is what we're looking for. 
I don't think we're looking for one of these, uh, you know, uh, 235, 240 pound outside linebackers who rush. Um, it's just, it's not a scheme fit for us. So what's their prototype? Uh, then same thing, size, length. Uh, length is important. It's not everything, but it is important. I think for a defensive end, you're talking minimum 33 inch arms. Um, you know, ideally if you can get a little bit longer, that's better. But I think 33 inch arms is kind of the cutoff. Any less than that, you're kind of pushing it. Makes it really difficult to uh, win consistently against offensive tackles. So what's the size and length? Um, another thing is just explosion and burst. Uh, so this is like their get off. Um, I'm actually going to put that on there. Get off. Yeah. Cause like how quick are you able to explode out of your stance? You know, when the ball gets hiked, how quick, how fast and how much power do you generate getting off that line in that first step? It's one thing that Bose is incredible at is he just explodes out of his stance and he is, he is so fast getting out of his stance and he has so much strength and explosion off of that. So, uh, explosion burst, get off, off of the line. Uh, another thing we're going to look at is bend. How flexible are you where you can really, you know, dip down and turn that corner and beat the offensive tackle around the edge to the point where they need to overcompensate. And then you can, instead of using that speed move around the edge, then you can counter with a speed to power, run them over. So you've heard like speed, speed to power, etc. Uh, so bend, uh, the next thing is I put hand use in technique and I'm actually going to list off a few different ones. If there's more, please let me know. But these are just a few different ways that uh, defensive linemen win, uh, at defensive end. So you got your speed move. That's just, you're so fast off the edge that you beat him around the edge. You got enough of a, enough of a dip. You can dip down low enough. You've got enough bend flexibility. You can just be too fast and too flexible that you just get around that offensive tackle before he can do anything. So speed move. Uh, next is a swim move. Um, you know, not super, not as common. I would say uh, along the defensive ends, more of the interior. But you know, sometimes you uh, you swim over a guy. Uh, there's also the rip where you you know you rip under a guy. Um, there's a bull rush. You just bull rush a guy. Just push him over. Uh, you got the chop move. Bose is super good at that. You know, they put the hands out and you chop them away and then you go through. Uh, and then the spin move, you know, sometimes it's fun to see a little spin move. I think the spin is probably, uh, it's really fun on highlights, but it's extremely inconsistent. If somebody's winning with a ton of spin moves and that's the only way they're winning, I'd be super skeptical because it's like, okay, cool. Uh, that'll work like one time in the NFL and then they'll counter that. Um, but how many of these moves do they have? Do they show? Do they use? How good are they? Um, but having those different moves in your arsenal and being good at them, um, it just gives you more ways to win. And so much of uh, line play, trench play, you know, O-line and D-line is just literally hand fighting. And can my technique beat your technique? And then when you counter my technique? Do I have a counter to your counter? You know, so I win with speed, uh, the first rep. And then you're like, cool. Now I know how to counter that. So now you counter the speed. So you stop me. Okay, cool. Well now I can threaten with speed and then come back with a power move and throw you off balance and then get inside. Cool. 
all right, well, now I'm going to, you know, fake the speed, do the power. It doesn't get through. But hey, you know what? At that point, I can do uh, I can do a spin move, spin inside and sack the quarterback. So are you able to use more than one move and can you stack them and, uh, you know, like have a pass rush plan? Uh, the next thing that I have on here for defensive ends is lower body and core strength. Um, everyone likes to see Nick Bosa flex in the biceps. Um, but so much of why he wins is because of his lower body strength and his core strength. Do you have enough leg strength to, you know, threaten with power these 320 pound offensive linemen? Do you have enough core strength to maintain your technique and your leverage throughout your pass rush? Right? So, you know, lower body, core strength. I'm also just going to put in here a uh, functional strength. Um, you know, obviously it's always fun whenever they have, you know, like, Hey, bench press and whatnot. But realistically, like uh, playing defensive line, it really doesn't matter how many times that you can bench to 25. It's more of your just functional strength. Um, and another thing I'm going to add on here is leverage. How do you use your leverage? Can you consistently be the lower man, win with leverage, um, or are you constantly getting stood up? Uh, one thing that really uh, made me nervous about at the Senior Bowl with Majai Sanders is uh, that I noticed that he was not maintaining his leverage on his get-off, and he was standing up and rushing, and uh, that made me a little bit concerned. I still think he's a second-round pick, um, and I really like him as a uh, potential fit for the Niners in that second round. But it did make me a little nervous seeing that he wasn't winning with leverage, at least in the senior bowl. I still need to go watch his like game film. All I've seen is just a little bit. But it was something where I was like, you know, I got a question here. Uh, and then, of course, physicality. Uh, I put run defense on there. So how good are they at setting an edge, uh, you know, shedding blocks? And then your motor. I think motor is a huge thing for a defensive lineman just – do you not stop? Because there are so many sacks in the NFL that are simply just, uh, he kept rushing and the coverage was good enough that the quarterback didn't like, couldn't throw anywhere. Like, do you have the motor where you're willing to keep fighting for four or five seconds during the play? And some guys just have a higher motor. It's one thing I love about Bosa is he's just nonstop every play. He just, he doesn't stop until the whistle goes. Uh, so what's your motor? Whew, boy, getting tired here. Uh, I got to admit, we're going to do wide receivers and I'm probably going to fly through the rest of these real quick because they're uh, ones that are either not as important or I haven't taken as much time to really break it down. Um, and I think wide receivers are really fun to scout and I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, drafted one or even two wide receivers because again, it's a deep class. Uh, we only have like three under contract. Um and again, I want a deep threat, so I would be not surprised at all if we added one or two wide receivers in the draft class. I think it should be a focus, so it's going to be one of my focuses. So wide receiver. Again, prototype. <laughs> that fucking word. Uh, prototype. So is this a physical receiver? Uh, you know, like just a, 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 a big, strong guy who can outmuscle you with the catch point. You know, kind of a possession guy. Uh, that would be like Jawan Jennings is a physical receiver. He's just, he's physical, he's big, he's strong, 
And that's typically how he wins is he's big, he's physical and he's strong and he wins at the catch point. Um, you could also say he's a possession receiver. Um, I don't think he's quite as much of a uh, possession receiver in the sense that he's not somebody that you could just like throw the ball in his general area and he catches every single one. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but you know what I mean by possession receiver? Just like they're no matter how open they are, they're open. Cause if you throw them, like they will get the ball. Uh, you trust them to get the ball. They might not get a lot of yards after the catch, but damn it, they're going to catch it. So that'd be like a possession receiver. Um, is this a big body receiver? And these three are kind of similar. Debo's a very physical receiver, but he's not necessarily a big body. You know, he's only 5'11". He's really thick, uh, you know, 5'11", 215 or whatever. Um, but is this a big body guy? So again, that's one of the things I want is I want to get somebody who can be a threat downfield. Maybe that's just a guy who has enough speed. You know, maybe he runs like a four five or a mid four five, but damn it, he's fucking six three and just throw it up to him and he's gonna go get it. He's just a really big body and he's hard to stop. Um, is this a slot receiver? So is this like a shifty guy who's really good at quick routes? Um, who's a good slot receiver? Or is this a speed receiver? You know, we talking like just a guy who's really fast that can threaten the field. Um, you know, is he a speed guy? Um, and then another one, and I would put Ayuk in this next category. Is he a separator? So is this a guy that just no matter what, like he can shake coverage and he can get open. Um, Ayuk is, I think Ayuk. It's so amazing how good he is at separating against coverage. I still remember watching him versus uh, Trayvon Diggs in that Cowboys game. He just, he basically put Trayvon Diggs in the dirt and he was open by like 15 yards. Trayvon Diggs was trying to cover him in man and just his ability to just like turn on a dime cut, win his route and just separate and be wide open. Is this a guy that can just separate and get open uh, against man coverage, especially man coverage uh, in terms of a prototype? Now, I do think one thing we want to keep in mind is how smart are they in terms of finding soft spots and zones. And uh, I'm actually going to add that in here. Um, okay. Does he find the soft spot in zones? So when there's zone coverage, can you find the soft spot in between the defenders? Cool. So that's the prototypes. You know, are they a physical? Are they a speed guy? Are they big body? Are they a possession? Are they a slot? Are they a separator? Or are they a combination? Because most players are a combination. Um, I would say Debo is like a, uh, a physical, uh, I would say physical number one. Speed would be like number two because he's really physical. He's pretty fast. Ayuk would be like a separator, um, like a separator. And uh, maybe possession, just because he can reach out with those long arms and just snag the ball from anywhere if it's in his vicinity. Cool. So, again, wide receiver. What's the body type? What kind of body are we working with here? Short, tall, long, thin, thick, strong, agile, shifty, straight speed. Um, you know, like what, what are we kind of looking at the body type here? Uh, next thing is just size and length. So again, same thing. How tall are you? How long are your arms? Uh, what's your catch radius? Um, 
are you a hands catcher or are you a body catcher? If I see a guy consistently just like catching it with like body catches, that basically just almost makes me scratch a guy off my list just because it's like, dude, that doesn't work. You can't, that's not how you catch a football. You don't body catch. I mean, you can, but ideally, and I put on here the next thing, when they catch, do they attack the ball? Do they snag the ball out of the air? Do they pluck the ball out of the air? Those are kind of three words that I like. When I see a ball go to them, are they reaching out, yanking that thing out of the air? Like my ball, I'm going to go get it. I'm not waiting for the ball to get to me and catching it in my body. Ball's here. I'm going to rip that thing out of the air and take it. So are they attacking the ball, snagging it out of the air? All that kind of stuff. Uh, ball tracking. How are they tracking the ball? How are their eyes? How are they focused? Um, you catch with your eyes. So do they keep their eyes on the ball the entire duration of the catch or do they have concentration drops? You know, are they having concentration drops where just, uh, you know, maybe you're like turning away too soon and you don't quite, you didn't keep your eye on the ball. So you dropped it. How is your body control? Body control is huge. You know, how is your ability to just manipulate your body in all kinds of different directions and angles to reach out and get that ball? Because it's probably not going to be thrown perfectly to you. Um, and that's one reason why with Trey Lance, like we need a speed guy who can just get open by being really fast. Or in my opinion, a big guy who just fuck it. Big guys out there somewhere, chuck it down. He's six, four. He'll go get it. Cause he's six, four. He can jump and he can twist his body, reach out and snag the ball. If it's within five feet of him. Um, so, you know, how is your body control? Um, how are your hands? Do you have soft hands or do you drop it? Uh, do we have concentration drops on film? How good are your hands? How strong are your hands? Um, do you catch through contact or are you somebody who, um, is weak at the, uh, at the point of catch and you have a struggle catching through contact. If you struggle catching in through contact, we don't want you as a slot receiver unless you're extremely shifty and you're like an extreme separator. If you're an extreme separator, you're just always wide open and it doesn't matter as much. Uh, but if you're not an extreme separator and you got to be you have to be a really good separator at the college level level if you're going to do it in the NFL. Um, so how good are your hands? How are your drops? Uh, how's your release? Are you able to have a good release off the line of scrimmage or do you get jammed a lot? You know, can you get jammed? Are you able to get off of press? Um, how's your route running? That's another thing. Uh, so how's your feet with your route running? Uh, how are your head and shoulder fakes? Um, especially again, I'm going to be looking primarily at deep threat guys. So how good are you on those medium, uh, those like medium and deep routes where, you know, you, you fake a post, but you're actually going to do a corner or you fake a corner and you actually do, uh, uh, you actually do like a, a sluggo or whatever. Um, you, you like, how's your double move? Are you like stopping your acceleration? They come down and then you burst out of it. Uh, because of your, uh, your head fake and your shoulder fake. How's your route running? Uh, another thing is, are you telegraphing your routes? Um, I'm going to have to kind of figure out more of like what this means by watching game film, but 
Are you telegraphing your route? Is it obvious to the defender what you're doing? Or are you creative enough and shifty enough with your fakes and your head movements, with your route running, that the defender has no idea where you're going? Because ideally, they have no idea where you're going in your route until it's too late and you're open, you know? Um, and your eyes, are your eyes telegraphing where you're going? Uh, I put feet down. So, you know, again, how's your feet? Uh, do you have quick feet? Are you a long strider? And in general, just uh, can he separate? So are you able to create separation? That's extremely important. And if you can't separate in college, you're going to really struggle in the NFL. Um, are you able to find soft spots and zones? That's just something that, you know, you watch game film and cool. It's zone coverage. Uh, he sat down in that open spot here and made a catch. Uh, speed is on here, obviously speed and acceleration. Um, acceleration, perfect speed, acceleration. Uh, how quickly can you get off the line and how fast can you ultimately go? Um, it matters and it matters in different prototypes to different levels, but it does matter. Um, one of the things honestly that I do is there's certain guys that I'm just going to, I'm going to look at the type of receiver they are. I'm going to look at how they won and I'm going to look at their 40 time and you know, their other like uh, agility testing I'm just be like, this isn't going to stand up like uh, cool. You were a deep threat in college. You ran a four, five, eight. I'm sorry. That's just, I don't think that's going to work unless you're really good at something else, you know, but if, uh, if you're winning as a deep threat in college and it comes out and you run a 40 and you run a four, four, two, okay, cool. Yeah. You got, you got legitimate speed, legitimate acceleration. You can, you can still do that at the NFL if you're at that speed. Um, another thing that I added on here is, uh, do you create yards after catch? So, Yards after catch is extremely important uh, for this, for the type of receiver that I want us to add again, a deep threat that stretches the field or just somebody that stretches the field. I don't feel like yards after the catch is as important because this isn't the type of receiver that's going to be catching short routes. And then we're relying on them to create yak. Um, but you do want somebody who create who can create yards after catch. Now, how do you do it? Because there's different ways to create yards after catch. Are you a Debo Samuel type where you just out muscle, out physical, and you just break every tackle um, and uh, just win off of like uh, win the angle and just break, break uh, tackles? Are you somebody where you create yak because you're really good at catching in stride and uh, you're able to manipulate your routes well enough that you catch it at the ideal speed and then you just can continue to take off. Do you create yak because you're so elusive that you can weave in between defenders while getting vertical? So do you create yards after catch? And how do you create yards after catch? Because there's different ways. And then the final thing that I put on here is, will it translate? All these things are great. But will it translate at the next level? Are you good enough at these things that in the NFL, it'll still work for you? Um, don't know. Don't know. So that's wide receivers. Whew, this is a really long episode. I appreciate you for listening, by the way. If you're taking notes, again, 
uh, more props to you. And again, if you want to, you know, DM me on Twitter, I'll email you my notes. Uh, again, at the moment, this is uh, this is like a two pages, and I've got five pages of prospects, and I'm probably by the time this is all over, gonna have fifty to probably 50 plus pages of prospect notes that, uh, by the time draft day comes. So that's going to be really fun. I'm going to have my own draft guide. I'm excited. Um, it definitely won't be as uh, fancy as some of the other ones out there, but it'll be mine. Damn it. It'll be mine. Maybe next year I can sell it for like two 99. <laughs> Get rich off the internet. Um, cool. Final couple positions, uh, just general thoughts. So tight ends, um, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on tight ends. I think the main thing with a tight end is, uh, number one, uh, obviously prototype, uh, but how are they with blocking? Blocking is one of the most important things in Shanahan's system. So Shanahan's not going to get a tight end that can't block. Uh, so how's your technique? How's your effort? How's your leverage? Um, you know, body size, body length, body type, what's your general athletic profile. And then as far as patch catching, you know, just C wide receiver, um, offensive line. Um, I think it depends, but with the offensive line, I think the main thing is, uh, we've got a whole bunch of guys that we drafted who played tackle in college that weren't quite physical fits for tackle in the NFL. They're more built like guards, uh, see Colton McKivitz, see Jalen Moore, both uh, college tackles who are most likely best as guards. So I think with an offensive tackle, um, I already mentioned you want to have somebody with the right size. So ideally uh, 6'5 to 6'7, uh, at least 300 pounds, but you probably don't want them being more than like 320. Um, I would say just because uh, we'd like to get guys out on the move so much. Um, you got to have enough length. So I would say ideally you're getting, you know, 34 inch arms, I think is ideal for an offensive tackle. If you're right around there under 33, I don't think it's a good fit. Um, and, uh, body type, you know, I, I want to see effort in run blocking. I know Shanahan wants run blockers, guys who are strong run blockers that are also good blocking in space and show effort in the run game. I think that's going to be a big thing is just like, Hey, what's your effort level in the run game? Um, you want to see with an offensive tackle, uh, good hands. So how's your punch? How good are you at countering moves? Uh, do you have enough lateral agility to, you know, cover the speed rush? Do you have enough strength where you can anchor with core strength to stop a bull rush? Um, you know, all those things that we talked about on the defensive line kind of reverse those. So all the things that we want on the defensive end, uh, what's going to stop that? So, you know, you want lateral agility, you want length, you want the ability to anchor versus a bull rush. Um, I think realistically, we're probably not going to be taking a tackle high. And I don't know at this moment if there are any tackles that I like that I'd be happy taking in the second round. Um, Maybe end of the third. There's probably a few in the fourth round that will be good as like a developmental guy. And again, in that case, you're looking for somebody who they're not going to be perfect. Maybe not the, not the best pass protectors, but they've got those other traits that you can develop them. Um, you know, we all love Trent Williams, but he is like 32, 33 years old. 
And uh, McGlinchey's like 27, 28 years old, coming off of a really bad injury. So adding a uh, an offensive tackle who has the physical profile, even if he needs a little bit of uh, you know time to develop, I think there's nothing wrong with spending a, a mid-round pick on that. Um, so that's kind of just general offensive tackle. And I'll get a lot more in detail. Uh, yeah, size, length, technique, leverage, again, leverage, and just play strength, functional strength. Um, cool. So that's, uh, yeah, offensive tackle, defensive tackle. Um, I'd like to get more uh, rushers. As far as a defensive tackle, the way I see it, you've got nose, ta- you've got nose tackles and three techniques is the easiest way to put it. A three technique is typically uh, slightly smaller. So your nose tackle is your DJ Jones, your Vince Wilfork. Uh, you know, they're, they typically are uh, thicker. You know, the big guys, they're 300, 310, 320, and they're usually a little bit shorter because it's like a little bowling ball. And how do you get through them? Well, they're just there to kind of like, you know, plug up the middle, you know, put, put them put them in there and stuff the run, you know? Uh, so that's a nose tackle, uh, with that. I don't think you're expecting a whole lot of pass rush. If you can get pass rush from a nose tackle, that's awesome. Um, but they're mostly there to stop the run. So with that, you're looking at run defense, you know, how are they in terms of, uh, just maintaining leverage? Uh, how good are they at anchoring versus double teams? Um, are they able to, uh, stack an offensive lineman and shed him. Uh, can they win with, you know, shedding a block or, uh, you know, filling, taking on a double team, stuffing that gap, and then being able to penetrate when they see the opportunity. Can you get skinny, shoot that gap and get a tackle for loss? TJ, DJ Jones does that really well. So that's general for nose tackle. And then for three technique, I think with three technique, you're looking for somebody who can win one-on-one versus a guard. And with that, I'm thinking you want somebody who's a little bit smaller and uh, more athletic than a guard. So with that, you're probably looking at somebody in the, uh, I would say, 280 to 300 pound range. Um, Somebody who can pass rush. They're also good at stopping the run. But a three technique is more your pass rusher. And that's kind of somebody where, you know, we're going to have we're going to have like two of those guys on the middle and maybe they can even like go outside. So. The three and five is also kind of uh, you can mix it up because he could be a three, four defensive end. That's really good. You know, head up on an offensive tackle, or he could play a five technique where he's uh, on the outside shoulder of an offensive tackle on uh, like base running plays, you know, set an edge. Uh, but he can also, you know, kick inside a three technique and rush really well against a guard because he's more athletic. So that's, I think, what you're kind of looking for with a uh, three technique. And then, of course, all those other things we talked about with um, defensive ends, a lot of that applies uh, to a three technique defensive tackle, uh, except that you're working in a more confined space. So things like uh, the rip move, the swim move, the chop move, um, you know, those are typically, uh, a rip, a swim and a, uh, rip, swim, uh, chop and a bull rush is going to be a lot more useful than like a speed rush around the edge. Um, so how good are you at like winning with those couple moves on the inside one-on-one with the guard? Those would be kind of things that I'm looking at. And, you know, you're probably looking to be a little bit, uh, shorter again on the inside, 
Um, you know, you want to have longer arms, but I don't think it's as important on the interior. You know, 32 inch arms, I think is fine for a three technique. If you got good hands, um, obviously length is always good, but I feel it's ne less necessary, um, on the inside. Cause like guards typically have shorter arms too. Typically your guard a lot of the times more as 32 inch arms, um, maybe only 33. They weren't quite long enough to be a tackle. And, uh, yeah, then as far as, uh, so that's, uh, defensive tackles, I could see us snagging a late round, uh, like nose tackle, uh, one that comes to mind. Um, who is it? Uh, Neil, uh, yeah, Neil out of LSU forget off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, he's like 320 played nose tackle, had a really good senior bowl. I could see him being like a day three. Uh, nose tackle pick, maybe in like a fourth or fifth round, kind of like that idea. Um, anyways, and then interior offensive line, um, we'll be doing some interior offensive line. I think that this is one where it's not a good class for interior offensive line. And I think that depending on what we learn about Mac and Lakin Tomlinson is going to tell us a lot about how much we need to look at the interior offensive line. If we're losing one or both of them, then I'll be spending a lot more focus on it. Probably, uh, you know, again in March. However, if we end up keeping both of them, then cool. We have our left guard. We have our center. We also have potentially three or four guys who can play right guard. And I think tackle at that point would be a higher priority than drafting a guard. Uh, although I don't hate the idea of drafting uh, somebody who could develop as a center. Um, so maybe we get like a development or developmental center prospect at some point. And we'll get to that more. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. By the way, thank you so much. If you actually listened, this was just a total brain dump. Uh, going through all these notes, trying to get everything just out there. I really hope that you gained some value from this. As you can tell, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, over the last week. And the fact that I was able to just talk into a microphone about how I'm going to scout guys for an hour and 45 minutes shows you that I've probably put 15 times that much time into it, thinking about it and putting these notes together. So I really hope that you gain some value. I hope that this helps you in your scouting process. Um, and I will probably be using this as a reference myself because for the next two and a half months, this is going to be my general outline of how I'm going to be scouting all the tons of prospects that we're going to be looking at. Cause again, We've got nine picks in the draft. We're probably going to have four day two picks. We've got like five day three picks. We got a lot of picks in the draft. There's roughly four or 500 draftable or whatever eligible players. There's 250 picks in the draft. There's, there's a lot of options and we're going to try and narrow it down. We're going to try and make the best educated uh, decisions that we can. Um, and then that way come draft day, we can say, I like that. I don't like that good prospect. He's an awesome fit. And, uh, hopefully who knows, maybe this makes it to the 49ers and they're like, Hey, this motherfucker, well, let's give him a job and put him in the scouting department because this obsessed fuck, uh, just spent two hours telling his thoughts on how to draft. So, oh, damn it. 
I need some dinner and uh, maybe have a, a cough drop because my voice is going to be gone. Appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, last episode, I think I had like 25 or 30 downloads, which is double my normal amount. So I appreciate all of you. Go Niners and have an awesome week. And uh, also uh, go Bengals because fuck the Rams. Catch you later. Don't know when the next episode will be. Uh, but I got a feeling we're going to start posting some videos and I'll probably have a shorter, more announcement episode coming up. Catch you later. Later. <laughs>